Welcome to the Folktale Project, this is Dan Shaws. Today we have the penultimate part of the story of the wonderful sheep, a tale that is filled with references to other fairy tales that we know, and right now we're in the middle of the end, and the story we seem to be touching upon is Beauty and the Beast. But... Knowing the way that the wonderful sheep has gone in the past, we can only assume that it will be a bit darker. But in the meantime, let's pick up with the king of the sheep and Miranda, the young princess. This is The Wonderful Sheep, Part 6. One evening, when the couriers arrived, for the king sent most carefully for news, and they always brought the very best kinds, it was announced that the sister of the Princess Miranda was going to be married to a great prince, and that nothing could be more splendid than all the preparations for the wedding. Ah, cried the young princess, how unlucky I am to miss the sight of so many pretty things. Here I am, prisoned under the earth, with no company but sheep and shadows, while my sister is to be adorned like a queen and surrounded by all who love and admire her, and everyone but myself can go to wish her joy. Why do you complain, princess? said the king of the sheep. Did I say that you are not to go to the wedding? Set out as soon as you please, only promise me that you will come back, for I love you too much to be able to live without you. Miranda was very grateful to him, and promised faithfully that nothing in the world should keep her from coming back. The king caused an escort suitable to her rank to be got ready for her, and she dressed herself splendidly, not forgetting anything that could make her more beautiful. Her chariot was mother of pearl, drawn by six dun-colored griffins, just brought from the other side of the world, and she was attended by a number of guards in splendid uniforms, who were all at least eight feet high and had come from far and near to ride in the princess's train. Miranda reached her father's palace just as the wedding ceremony began, and everyone, as soon as she came in, was struck with surprise at her beauty and the splendor of her jewels. She heard exclamations of admiration on all sides, and the king, her father, looked at her so attentively that she was afraid he must recognize her, but he was so sure that she was dead that the idea never occurred to him. However, the fear of not getting away made her leave before the marriage was over. She went out hastily, leaving behind a little coral casket set with emeralds. On it was written in diamond letters, Jewels for the Bride, and when they opened it, which they did as soon as it was found, there seemed to be no end to the pretty things it contained. The king, who had hoped to join the unknown princess and find out who she was, was dreadfully disappointed when she disappeared so suddenly, and gave orders that if she should ever come back again, the doors were to be shut, that she might not get away so easily. Short as Miranda's absence had been, it had seemed like a hundred years to the king of the sheep. He was waiting for her by a fountain in the thickest part of the forest and the ground was strewn with splendid presents which he had prepared for her to show his joy and gratitude at her coming back. As soon as she was in sight, he rushed to meet her, leaping and bounding like a real sheep. He caressed her tenderly, throwing himself at her feet and kissing her hands, and told her how uneasy he had been in her absence, 
and how impatient for her return, with an eloquence which charmed her. After some time came the news that the king's second daughter was going to be married. When Miranda heard it, she begged the king of the sheep to allow her to go and see the wedding as before. This request made him feel very sad, as if some misfortune must surely come of it. But his love for the princess being stronger than anything else, he did not like to refuse her. You wish to leave me, princess, said he. It is my unhappy fate. You are not to blame. I consent to your going, but believe me, I can give you no stronger proof of my love than by so doing. The princess assured him that she would only stay a very short time as she had done before, and begged him not to be uneasy, as she would be quite as much grieved if anything detained her as he could possibly be. So, with the same escort, she set out and reached the palace as the marriage ceremony began. Everybody was delighted to see her. She was so pretty that they thought she must be some fairy princess, and the princes who were there could not take their eyes off her. The king was more glad than anyone else that she had come again, and gave orders that the doors should all be shut and bolted that very minute. When the wedding was all but over, the princess got up quickly, hoping to slip away unnoticed among the crowd, but, to her great dismay, she found every door fastened. And that is part six of The Wonderful Sheep. And we'll be back on Monday with the conclusion of this tale. And we'll see just where this leads. This is Dan Scholes for The Folktale Project. Don't forget that you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Overcast, anywhere you like to get your podcasts. You can follow us on Threads and Instagram at Folktale Project. And you can find us wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. As always, thank you so much for listening.